The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. This is Father John Zulsdorf in another podcast. We welcome as our guest today the Missale Romanum in its new translation into English. We have heard the first, second, and third Eucharistic prayers in the new translations just to get them into your ears, so it's time for the fourth Eucharistic prayer. Uh, we are also going to hear another story from The Little World of Don Camillo by Giovanni Guareschi. We are going to hear the fourth Eucharistic prayer and get it into our ears. Uh, we'll hear the Latin, the uh, lame duck ISIL translation still in use right now, and also the new corrected version. It's very important to get these new translations into our ears and compare them so that we can know what's going on, what to expect, what, what we are going to hear in our churches in the future. Not that the fourth Eucharistic prayer is used all that often. In my experience, it's hardly ever used. I don't think in my 20-some uh, years of priesthood I have ever used it even a single time. Uh, and even uh, people who aren't interested in just sticking mainly to the Roman canon, a lot of priests don't use it. I, and I'm not quite sure why, partly perhaps uh, because it's rather long and I think a bit wordy. But uh, in other, shall we say, uh, less conservative or less traditional circles, um, it was sort of shunned, I think, um, especially by feminists and their uh, male lapdogs because it had the word man in it. It uses man all the time, at least in the lame duck version. And uh, so, therefore, they turned their back on it in high dudgeon because it didn't have inclusive language. That may be another reason why it didn't really become very popular. Um, in any event, uh, the four, Fourth Eucharistic Prayer, um, it has its own preface. It's a preface which has to be used with it. And uh, you can see, keep in mind that prefaces with the preface dialogue uh, are part of the Eucharistic Prayer. And so the fourth Eucharistic prayer, uh, because it has a, pr a preface proper to it, the fourth Eucharistic prayer can't be used on a day which requires that some other proper preface be used. And so you wouldn't, you know, use it for a feast such as uh, Christ the King, which has its own preface. It can however be used uh, on Sundays of ordinary time and most daily Masses, uh, for example. Uh, the prayer relates many aspects of the history of salvation. I think that's one of the reasons why this, uh, one of the reasons for which this prayer is known. Um, you know, on the other hand, I think the church's liturgical calendar does that pretty well too. Um, there was a, uh, um, a little bit of history, a little, shall we say, ecumenical history connected to this prayer. Um, when all of the changes were being made uh, by the concilium and uh, all these post-conciliar innovations were being uh, cobbled together, there was a desire on the part of the cobblers 
to have something with a more of an of an ecumenical bent or something that would be familiar or hark also to uh, Eastern the Eastern uh, Christian experience, uh, Eastern Catholics and Eastern Orthodox. So um, they had, I believe, if if I remember correctly, they had toyed around with the anaphora, which is another word for Eucharistic prayer, the anaphora of St. Basil, familiar to many Eastern Catholics and Orthodox. Um, but the problem is, part of it was the construction of the anaphora of St. Basil. It had the epiclesis, some people say epiclesis, epiclesis, the calling down of the Holy Spirit after the narrative of the Last Supper, after the what's called the institution narrative, where you would have the consecration of the two elements on the altar. And uh, so then that was perceived as being a problem. So instead of just adopting the anaphora of St. Basil, the liturgical experts, and I believe uh, Louis Bouillet, the late great uh, liturgist, uh, w- was involved with this, these experts, you know, put together a new prayer uh, based on the anaphora of St. Basil. So uh, that's at least the connection with the, the Eastern uh, experience, Eastern anaphora. So we didn't actually get something in common with the Eastern churches in the final analysis, but it, it certainly harks to that. Now, as I mentioned, we're going to hear the Latin, uh, it's very important that we hear the language of our right. And uh, then we're going to hear the lame duck ISIL translation still in use, at least uh, for about a year more. And uh, then we will hear the new corrected translation, which will go into effect for Advent of 2011. And I'm reading the texts as they appear on the website of the USCCB. Uh, first, of course, we'll have the Latin. And uh, I'm going to give you a straightforward kind of no-frills reading of the text without imposing any kind of gushy, earnest, uh, usually kind of, you know, fake-sounding sincerity on them. Let's just hear the texts. Also, I have to apologize in advance. My voice is a little scratchy today, and uh, there may be a little pause or bump in the recording as I pause to... Um, do uh, things that you have to do when your voice is a little scratchy. Now, as you listen, tune your ear to catch the changes, for example, in the preface dialogue and also in the the, the subtle change in the sanctus. They've shifted the punctuation slightly, which changes the meaning of the text. See if you can find it. Also, uh, you might listen in the new corrected text how the translators stitched together the different sections of the prayer uh, with words such as for and therefore uh, to make a, a transition from one part to the next and also to honor the, the Latin text, stick to the Latin text. And uh, there are, of course, the famous, now famous or infamous changes, depending on your point of view, from cup to chalice, and from all to many, and I'm sure that your finely tuned ears will pick up on even more. So here we go with the Latin, the lame duck isle, and then the new corrected version. The fourth Eucharistic prayer in Latin, Dominus Vobiscum, 
et cum spiritu tuo, sursum corda habemus ad dominum, gratias agamus domino Deo nostro, dignum et justum est. Veri dignum est, tibi gratias agere, veri justum est, te glorificare, pater sancte, qui unus est Deus vivus et verus, qui es ante secula et permanes in eternum, in accessibilem lucem inhabitans, sedet qui unus bonus atque pons vitae cuncta fecisti, ut creaturas tuas benedictionibus ad impleres, multasque lectivicares tu illuminis claritate. Et ideo, coram te in numere astant turbe angelorum, qui die ac nocte serviunt tibi, et vultus tui gloriam contemplantes, te incessanter glorificant. Cum quibus et nos et per nostram vocem, omnisque sub celo est creatura, nomen tuum in exultatione confitemur canentes, sanctus, sanctus, sanctus dominus Deus sabahot, pleni sunt celi et terra, gloria tua, hosanna in excelsis, benedictus qui venit in nomine domini, Hosanna in excelsis. Confitemur tibi pater sancte, quia magnus es, et omnia opera tua in sapientia et caritate fecisti. Hominem ad tuam imaginem contitisti, e ique comisisti mundi curam universi. Ut tibi soli creaturi serviens, creaturis omnibus imperaret et cum amiciciam tuam non obediens amisisset, non eum derelequisti in mortis imperio. Omnibus enim misericorditer subvenisti, ut te querentes invenirent. Sedet federa pluries hominibus obtulisti, eosque per profetas erudisti in expectatione salutis. Et sic, pater sancte, Mundum dilexisti ut completa plenitudine temporum, unigenitum tuum nobis mitere salvatorem, qui incarnatus de Spiritu Sancto et natus ex Maria Virgine, in nostra condicionis forma est conversatus per omnia absque peccato. Salutem evangelizat pauperibus, redemptionem captivis, Mestis corde letitiam. Ut tuam vero dispensationem impleret, in mortem tradidit semetipsum, ac resurgens a mortuis, mortem destruxit, vitamque renovavit. Et ut non amplius nobis metipsis viveremus, sed sibi qui pro nobis mortus est adque surrexit, a te pater misit spiritum sanctum, primitias credentibus, qui, opus suum in mundo perficiens, omnem sanctificationem clompleret. Quesumus igitur, Domine, ut idem Spiritus Sanctus hec munera sanctificare dignetur, ut corpus et sanguis fiant Domini nostri Jesu Christi, ad hoc magnum mysterium celebrindum quod de ipse nobis reliquit in fedus eternum. Yes, uh, the text actually says, 
celebrindum. It's a typo. It should be celebrandum, but that's what the text says, so that's what I read for the sake of this reading. But I digress. Going on. Ipse enim cum ora veniset, ut glorificaretur a te pater sancte, ac dilexisset suos qui erant in mundo, in finem dilexit eos, et cenantibus ilis, ac cepit panem, benedixit, ac fregit, deditque discipuli suis dicens, ac cipite, et manducate ex hoc omnes, hoc est enim corpus meum, quod provobis tradetur. Simili modo, ac cipiens calicem, ex genimine vitis repletum, gratias egit, deditque discipuli suis dicens, ac cipite et bibite ex evo omnes, hic est enim calix sanguinis mei, novi et eterni testamenti, qui pro vobis et pro multis effundetur in remissionem peccatorum, hoc facite in meam commemorationem. Unde et nos, Domine, redemptionis nostre memoriale nunc celebrantes, mortem Christi eusque descensum ad inferos recolimus, eus resurrectionem et ascensionem ad tuam dexteram profitemur, et expectantes ipsius adventum in gloria, offerimus tibi eus corpus et sanguinem, sacrificium tibi acceptabile et toti mundo salutare. Respice, Domine, in hostiam, quam ecclesiae tue ipse parasti, et concede benignus omnibus, qui ex hoc uno pane participabunt et calice, ut in unum corpus a sancto spiritu congregati, in Christo hostia viva perficiantur, ad laudem gloriae tue. Nunc ergo, Domine, omnium recordare, proquibus tibi hanc oblationem offerimus, in primis famuli tui pape nostri benedicti, episcopi nostri, et episcoporum ordinis universi, sedet totius cleri et offerentium et circumstantium et cuncti populi tui, et omnium qui te querunt cordes in cero. Memento etiam ilorum qui obierunt in pace Christi tui, et omnium defunctorum, quorum fidem tu solus coniuvisti. Nobis omnibus filis tuis, clemens pater, concede, ut celestem hereditatem consequi valeamus, cum beata virgine, dei genetrice Maria, cum apostolis et sanctis tuis, in regno tuo ubi cum universa creatura a corruptione peccati et mortis liberata, te glorificemus per Christum Dominum nostrum, per quem mundo bona cuncta largiris. Per ipsum et cum ipso et in ipso est tibi Deo Patri omnipotenti in unitate Spiritu Sancti, omnis honor et gloria, Per omnia secula seculorum. Amen. The Lame Duck Isil Version of the Fourth Eucharistic Prayer The Lord be with you, and also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. 
Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give him thanks and praise. Father in heaven, it is right that we should give you thanks and glory. You are the one God, living and true. Through all eternity you live in unapproachable light. Source of life and goodness, you have created all things to fill your creatures with every blessing and lead all men to the joyful vision of your light. Countless hosts of angels stand before you to do your will. They look upon your splendor and praise you night and day. United with them, and in the name of every creature under heaven, we too praise your glory as we say, Holy, Holy, Holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Father, we acknowledge your greatness. All your actions show your wisdom and love. You formed man in your own likeness and set him over the whole world to serve you, his Creator, and to rule over all creatures. Even when he disobeyed you and lost your friendship, you did not abandon him to the power of death, but helped all men to seek and find you. Again and again you offered a covenant to man, and through the prophets taught him to hope for salvation. Father, you so loved the world that in the fullness of time you sent your only Son to be our Savior. He was conceived through the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary, a man like us in all things but sin. To the poor he proclaimed the good news of salvation, to prisoners freedom, and to those in sorrow joy. In fulfillment of your will he gave himself up to death, but by rising from the dead he destroyed death and restored life. And that we might live no longer for ourselves but for him, he sent the Holy Spirit from you, Father, as his first gift to those who believe, to complete his work on earth and bring us the fullness of grace. Father, may this Holy Spirit sanctify these offerings. Let them become the body and blood of Jesus Christ our Lord, as we celebrate the great mystery which he left us as an everlasting covenant. He always loved those who were his own in the world. When the time came for him to be glorified by you, his heavenly Father, he showed the depth of his love. While they were at supper, he took bread, said the blessing, broke the bread, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat it. This is my body, which will be given up for you. In the same way he took the cup, filled with wine. He gave you thanks, and, giving the cup to his disciples, said, Take this, all of you, and drink from it. This is the cup of my blood, the blood of the new and everlasting covenant. It will be shed for you and for all, so that sins may be forgiven. Do this in memory of me. Father, now we celebrate this memorial of our redemption. We recall Christ's death, his descent among the dead, his resurrection, and his ascension to your right hand. And, looking forward to his coming in glory, we offer you his body and blood, the acceptable sacrifice which brings salvation to the whole world. 
Lord, look upon this sacrifice which you have given to your church, and by your Holy Spirit gather all who share this one bread and one cup into the one body of Christ, a living sacrifice of praise. Lord, remember those for whom we offered this sacrifice, especially for Benedict our Pope, our Bishop, and bishops and clergy everywhere. Remember those who take part in this offering, those here present and all your people, and all who seek you with a sincere heart. Remember those who have died in the peace of Christ, and all the dead whose faith is known to you alone. Father, in your mercy, grant also to us, your children, to enter into our heavenly inheritance in the company of the Virgin Mary, the Mother of God, and your apostles and saints. Then, in your kingdom, freed from the corruption of sin and death, we shall sing your glory with every creature through Christ our Lord, through whom you give us everything that is good. Through him, with him, in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours, Almighty Father, for ever and ever. Amen. The New Corrected Isol Text of the Fourth Eucharistic Prayer The Lord be with you, and with your spirit. Lift up your hearts, we lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and just. It is truly right to give you thanks, truly just to give you glory, Father, most holy. For you are the one God, living and true, existing before all ages and abiding for all eternity, dwelling in unapproachable light. Yet you, who alone are good, the source of life, have made all that is, so that you might fill your creatures with blessings and bring joy to many of them by the glory of your light. And so in your presence are countless hosts of angels who serve you day and night and, gazing upon the glory of your face, glorify you without ceasing. With them we, too, confess your name in exultation, giving voice to every creature under heaven as we acclaim. Holy, holy, holy Lord God of hosts, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. We give you praise, Father most holy, for you are great, and you have fashioned all your works in wisdom and in love. You formed man in your own image, and entrusted the whole world to his care, so that in serving you alone, the Creator, he might have dominion over all creatures. And when, through disobedience, he had lost your friendship, you did not abandon him to the domain of death, for you came in mercy to the aid of all, so that those who seek might find you. Time and again you offered them covenants, and through the prophets taught them to look forward to salvation. And you so loved the world, Father Most Holy, that in the fullness of time you sent your only begotten Son to be our Saviour. Made incarnate by the Holy Spirit, and born of the Virgin Mary, he shared our human nature in all things but sin. To the poor he proclaimed the good news of salvation, to prisoners freedom, 
and to the sorrowful of heart, joy. To accomplish your plan, he gave himself up to death, and, rising from the dead, he destroyed death and restored life. And that we might live no longer for ourselves, but for him who died and rose again for us, he sent the Holy Spirit from you, Father, as the firstfruits for those who believe, so that, bringing to perfection his work in the world, he might sanctify creation to the full. Therefore, O Lord, we pray, may this same Holy Spirit graciously sanctify these offerings, that they may become the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ for the celebration of this great mystery, which he himself left us as an eternal covenant. For when the hour had come for him to be glorified by you, Father most holy, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And while they were at supper, he took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, taking the chalice filled with the fruit of the vine, he gave thanks and gave the chalice to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. Therefore, O Lord, as we now celebrate the memorial of our redemption, we remember Christ's death and his descent to the realm of the dead. We proclaim his resurrection and his ascension to your right hand, and as we await his coming in glory, we offer you his body and blood, the sacrifice acceptable to you, which brings salvation to the whole world. Look, O Lord, upon the sacrifice which you yourself have provided for your church, and grant in your loving kindness to all who partake of this one bread and one chalice that, gathered into one body by the Holy Spirit, they may truly become a living sacrifice in Christ to the praise of your glory. Therefore, Lord, remember now all for whom we make this sacrifice, especially your servant Benedict, our Pope, our Bishop, and the whole order of bishops, all the clergy, those who take part in this offering, those gathered here before you, your entire people, and all who seek you with a sincere heart. Remember also those who have died in the peace of your Christ, and all the dead, whose faith you alone have known. To all of us, your children, grant, O merciful Father, that we may enter into a heavenly inheritance with the blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, and with your apostles and saints in your kingdom. There, with the whole of creation, freed from the corruption of sin and death, may we glorify you through Christ our Lord, through whom you bestow on the world all that is good. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours for ever and ever. Amen.
It's time for another story from the little world of Don Camillo by Giovanni Guareschi. These are wonderful little stories, 
about a small town in northern Italy near the Po River in the time after World War II when there was a struggle going on in Italy between the Communist Party and the Christian Democrats who were, of course, backed by the church. The main characters are the parish priest, Don Camillo Tarocci, a huge man and very fiery, and his nemesis, the equally fiery and tough communist mayor, nicknamed Peppone, sort of like saying Big Joe. And, of course, another character is the large crucifix in the parish church with whom Don Camillo converses on a regular basis. Now, these stories are a, have wonderful insights into the human condition, and uh, they're real studies in human nature. And uh, they are, as a matter of fact, um, enjoyed very much by the Pope. In the Holy Father's new book-length interview, uh, he says that he has relaxed at times by watching the movies that were made from some of the Don Camillo books. They're wonderful stories, and I hope you enjoy them. So let's have one more entry in this project of reading Don Camillo, The Little World of Don Camillo by Giovanni Guareschi. The Procession once every year, for the blessing of the village, the crucifix from above the altar was carried in procession as far as the river bank, where the river was also blessed, so that it would refrain from excesses and behave decently. This year, as Don Camillo was thinking over the final touches to be given to the celebrations, Zmilzo stopped in at the rectory. The secretary of our local section, said Zmilzo, sends me to inform you that the entire section will take part in the procession complete with all its banners. Convey my thanks to Secretary Peppone, replied Don Camillo. I am only too happy to have all the men of the section present, but they must be good enough to leave their banners at home. Political banners have no place in religious processions. Those are the orders that I have received. Zmilzo retired, and very soon Peppone arrived, red in the face, and with his eyes popping out of his head. "'We are just as much Christians as the rest of them,' he shouted, bursting in, without even knocking on the door. "'In what way are we different from other people?' "'In not taking off your hats when you come into other people's houses,' said Don Camillo quietly. Peppone snatched his hat from his head. "'Now you are just like any other Christian,' said Don Camillo. "'Then why can't we join the procession with our flag?' shouted Peppone. "'Is it the flag of thieves and murderers?' "'No, comrade Peppone,' Don Camillo explained, lighting his cigar. "'But the flag of a party cannot be admitted. "'This procession is concerned with religion.' and not with politics. Then the flags of Catholic action should also be excluded. And why? Catholic action is not a political party, as proved by the fact that I am its local secretary. Indeed, I strongly advise you and your comrades to join it. Pipponi jeered, if you want to save your black soul, you had better join our party. Don Camillo raised his hands, supposing we leave it at that. He replied, smiling. 
we all stay as we are and remain friends. You and I have never been friends, Pepponi asserted. Not even when we were in the mountains together? No, that was a merely strategic alliance. For the triumph of our arms, one can make an alliance even with priests. Very well, said Don Camilo calmly. Nevertheless, if you want to join in the procession, you must leave your flag at home. Pepponi ground his teeth. If you think you can play the dictator, Reverendo, you're making a big mistake, he exclaimed. Either our flag marches, or there won't be any procession. Don Camilo was not impressed. He'll get over it, he said to himself. And in fact, during the three days preceding the Sunday of the Blessing, nothing more was said about the flag. But on Sunday, an hour before Mass, scared people began to arrive at the rectory. Early that morning, Pepponi's gang had called at every house in the village with a warning that anyone who took part in the procession would do so at the risk of life and limb. "'No one has said anything of the kind to me,' replied Don Camilo. "'I am therefore not interested.' The procession was to take place immediately after Mass, and while Don Camilo was vesting for it in the sacristy, he was interrupted by a group of parishioners. "'What are we going to do?' they asked him. "'We are going in procession,' replied Don Camilo quietly. "'But those ruffians are quite capable of throwing bombs,' they objected. "'In our opinion, you ought to postpone the procession. "'Give notice to public authorities of the city "'and have the procession as soon as there are enough police on the spot "'to protect the people.' "'I see,' remarked Don Camilo. "'And in the meantime, we might explain to the martyrs of our faith "'that they made a big mistake in behaving as they did.' and that instead of going off to spread Christianity when it was forbidden, they should have waited quietly until they had police to protect them. Then Don Camilo showed his visitors the way to the door, and they went off, muttering and grumbling. Shortly afterward, a number of aged men and women entered the church. "'We are coming along, Don Camilo,' they said. "'You are going straight back to your houses,' replied Don Camilo. "'God will take note of your pious intentions, "'but this is decidedly one of those occasions "'when old men, old women, and children should remain at home.' "'A number of people lingered in front of the church, "'but when the sound of firing was heard in the distance, "'Zmilzo had let off a tommy gun into the air as a demonstration, "'even the group of survivors melted away.' Don Camilo found the square as bare as a billiard table. "'Are we going now, Don Camilo?' asked Christ from above the altar. "'The river must be beautiful in the sunshine. I'll enjoy seeing it.' "'We're going all right,' replied Don Camilo. "'But I am afraid that this time I shall be the entire procession. "'If you can put up with that, where there is Don Camilo,' He is sufficient in himself, said Christ, smiling. Don Camilo hastily put on the leather harness with the support for the foot of the cross, lifted the enormous crucifix from the altar, and adjusted it in the socket. Then he sighed, All the same, they need not have made this cross 
quite so heavy. You're telling me, replied the Lord, smiling, and I never had shoulders such as yours. A few moments later, Don Camilo, bearing his enormous crucifix, emerged solemnly from the door of the church. The village was completely deserted. People were cowering in their houses and watching through the cracks of the shutters. I must look like one of those friars who used to carry a big black cross through villages smitten by the plague, said Don Camillo to himself. Then he began a psalm in his ringing baritone, which seemed to acquire volume in the silence. After crossing the square, he began to walk down the main street, and here again was emptiness and silence. A small dog came out of a side street and began quietly to follow Don Camillo. "'Go away,' muttered Don Camillo. "'Let it alone,' whispered Christ from his cross. "'Then Pepone won't be able to say that not even a dog walked in the procession.' The street curved, and then came the lane that led to the river bank. Don Camillo had no sooner turned the bend when he found the way unexpectedly obstructed. Two hundred men had collected, and stood silently across it with folded arms. In front of them stood Pepone, his hands on his hips. Don Camillo wished he were a tank. But since he could only be Don Camillo, he advanced until he was within a yard of Pepone, and then halted. Then he lifted the enormous crucifix from its socket, and raised it in his hands, brandishing it as though it were a club. Lord, cried Don Camillo, hold on tight, I'm going to strike. But there was no need, because the men scattered before him and the way lay open. Only Pepone, his arms akimbo and his legs wide apart, remained in the middle of the road. Don Camillo put the crucifix back in its socket and marched straight at him, and Pepone moved to one side. I'm not shifting myself for your sake, but for his, said Pepone, pointing to the crucifix. Then take that hat off your head, replied Don Camillo, without so much as looking at him. Pepone pulled off his hat, and Don Camillo marched solemnly through two rows of Pepone's men. When he reached the river bank, he stopped. Lord, said Don Camillo in a loud voice, if the few decent people in this filthy village could build themselves a Noah's Ark and float safely upon the waters, I would ask you to send a flood that would break down this dike and submerge the whole countryside. But as these few decent folk live in brick houses exactly like those of their rotten neighbors, and as it would not be just that the good should suffer for the sins of scoundrels like Mayor Pepone and his gang of godless brigands, I ask you to save this countryside from the river's waters and to give it every prosperity. Amen, came Pepone's voice from just behind him. Amen, came the response of all the men who had followed the crucifix. Don Camillo set out on the return journey, and when he reached the doorway of the church and turned around so that Christ might bestow a final blessing upon the distant river, he found standing before him the small dog, Pepone, Pepone's men, and every inhabitant of the village, not excluding the druggist, who was an atheist, but who felt that 
Never in his life had he dreamed of a priest like Don Camilo, who could make even the Eternal Father quite tolerable. With that, we're going to wrap up this podcast. Please come and visit the blog at WDTPRS.com. That's Whiskey Delta Tango, Papa Romeo Sierra.com. You can also tell people about it just by telling them to Google Father Z or to go to FatherZonline.com, F-A-T-H-E-R-Z-Online.com. There are lots of good discussions there. And I hope uh, you can uh, get involved and uh, learn something or make contributions. Everybody benefits when everybody participates in a positive way. And until next time, in your goodness, please pray for me as I will for you.